The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody it's time for episode 185 of the tumbling saber podcast i'm kyle i'm Corey. no carlos this week um he, he killed a guy so he's okay. uh he's just laying low this week <laughs> <laughs> as you know who could blame him right yeah i guess horrible three-way love triangle 3po a crime of passion you know but if you kill somebody you know at least you could do is just go and Go underground for a little bit. So Car- we expect Carlos back next week. Unless he kills another guy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be you, Corey. In which case, it'll I'm be good. just me next week. <laughs> oh, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Uh, my allergies are hitting me pretty hard. Like, just went for a night of camping with my kid. It's beautiful. It's been beautiful here for quite some time now. So just, yeah, just really taking advantage of summer still. Yeah, man, do it. I mean, it's, it's again, it's so friggin' short that uh, you'd be a fool not to take. Well, I mean, July has been so good too. It really has been, but so many people I've talked to are just like, "Oh no, like I, I gotta stay inside. It's just too goddamn hot." And I'm just like, "You know what? I don't care. I'm I'm just gonna find some shade and I'm gonna be outside." It's it's hilarious. Like, oh, it's so hot. But six months ago, we were just. Oh, I, I can't wait for summer. I'm so sick of all this snow. There's too much snow. There's ice everywhere. Now we're in but summer. Last, last last winter was severe because it was quite long, like really long winter. Oh yeah, last winter started so, like October. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 down. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take this. I'll, I will admit it's been uncomfortably hot for much of the month, but I'll deal. I will find a way to cope with that. Um, and last night too, we took uh, the kids to a this big rib fest. There's like huge, like six vendors selling ribs, and I mean just vendors selling all kinds of stuff everywhere, and all kinds of carnival rides, carnies, circus folk, smell terrifying, cabbage, terrifying people, man, stubby fingers. Yeah, they really are sometimes. It's it's it gets me out. Even the guy, me and Kyle's kids, they go into the Starship 2000. Now, I was telling Kyle we we had to take photos of this thing, but we didn't. But there was this Yoda. Oh, you oh. did nice. No, no. The, you're talking about the little Yoda, the fake Yoda? Yeah, there was a Yoda and then there was a Zen. What was it? Was it? The thing from Aliens? A Xenomorph. Yeah, Xenomorph, eh? Yeah, so they were just so cheap. Oh, it was horrible. Well, it's, the guy it's, it's like classic 1980s airbrushing, stenciling type painting. Artwork all yeah. over the framework and, and structure of this spinning flying saucer ride. It was It was. It, it was called hilarious. the Starship. 2000 that's what it was called hey our, our kids had an absolute blast it's the first time really they've any any of them have had a chance to go on a a ride of that magnitude but uh the guy that was like counting heads like our kids are on the ride and the guy just like looks like such a like uh you know man he's like sometimes i just start talking to guys like you and then like i i don't even know how many people get on you know and then i'm like it's supposed to be 40 and i'm like 
I just, you know, like, I just got to count to 40. That's my job. But sometimes I just, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, you get the sense that some of these people at best have spent far too long out in the sun. That's the best case scenario for a lot of these people. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's true. I kind of felt bad for some of them, but. Well, look, there's 40 seats inside, right? So at some point it, the job will get done for him. If he's like, oh, looks like I let in 47. You just take those seven stragglers and give them the heave ho. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a good time. I had I had a good time with the kids. Coming off this this Stranger Things season three, there's like a heavy carnival element to it, which was it was a little bit reminiscent of that because a lot of those rides I think were probably uh, time warped straight from the eighties, especially the the Starship two (laughs) thousand. Yeah, because he's like you know. The last time, like the last time that ride sounded futuristic and cool, was probably in 1985, when people were still dreaming. <laughs> Whoa, man! What's the year 2000 going to be like? In the year 2000, I think which Van Halen song mentions like 1999 or something like that. Oof! Not you're not a Van Halen thing guy. I like Van Halen. It's just not ringing a bell. All right, fair enough. 143 days or so until Rise of Skywalker, Corey. Jesus. That gets my heart pumping, honestly. Like, I just felt my my blood pressure rise there. That's a beautiful thing. Which, you know, that also means about a, 105 or 106 days until The Mandalorian. If, yeah. Well, for us, I mean, for, for our friends in the US, that's the number. 105, 107 in that neighborhood. I The last I heard, we will not be getting Disney Plus to start. Just like, I mean, I think in the UK and Europe, they're not getting it till some time into 2020. But I heard our, we're not getting it until early 2020 either. Oh, that's, that's just lovely, isn't it? We will have to uh, employ other methods to watch The Mandalorian because I sure as yet am not waiting to have it spoiled for me by Twitter. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you, you could, if, you, if you're listening from Canada, you can start tweeting at the Telluses, the Rogers, the Bells of, of the country and just berate them. Tell them to get their ducks in a row, get their lawyers doing whatever they need to do to get Disney Plus ready for us on November 12th, I think, or whenever that thing goes online. We want it. We need it. Don't partition fans this way. Same story with, like, was it Rebels and, and Resistance? Like, Guys, get your get your bleep in order. Come on now. That's yeah, true. We got a taste of that for Resistance. Luckily, Rebels kind of aired in Canada at the same time, more or less. And even when it didn't, because I think the season four, I think the I think it was a part way through the fourth season, or at some point I can't remember if it was the beginning or the end of. It was it was off. It was not aligned with the U.S. release. And so I was employing other methods to <laughs> to get those uh, oh, yeah, I remember those downloads. That. All right, because I had to try and <laughs> then walk you through it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zip drive or whatever. Sexy notes like, you have a virus. No, it all went fine. Uh, any adventures in Star Wars this week for you, Corey? Uh, adventures in Star Wars. Yeah, no, not so much. No, I went hunting for toys, but didn't uh, didn't come up with any Star Wars stuff. But I still got some cool stuff. What was the last time you watched a Star Wars movie? Uh, not too long ago. I watched oh, we watched quite a few. 
uh, in the lead up to summer, I guess, it was probably about a month ago, we watched uh, Rogue One. And then before that, we watched Solo. And The Last Jedi is kind of always on. And Revenge of the Sith, we watched recently as well. You know, I love that. I think that movie is getting the biggest shine for me. Like, yeah, I like it. Of the old, of the original six now. Like, the more I watch Revenge of the Sith, the more I go, man, that movie just rocks. That, that, that's one thing. It's growing on me more, too, just because, like, I always said the Phantom Menace was the best of the of the originals for me, or the, uh, the prequel trilogy, sorry. So, I just, I feel like I haven't seen the uh, Revenge of the Sith as much as I've seen the Phantom Menace. So like I think there was one at one point there was like a I think at least probably like maybe even a five year gap of having not seen it right wow yeah so when I saw it again like recently I was like who till Thursday night I hadn't watched a Star Wars movie in maybe two plus months and then I was just I was downstairs I was just cleaning up kids were in bed and I'm like you know what I'm just I was gonna go I was heading to Netflix to just watch something. And Last Jedi was in the recommendations. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break my rule of watching the Netflix version of a movie that I own. I'll break the rule. Just put it on. Just background noise. But uh, yeah, I broke, finally broke a streak. But it had been a while. But I didn't. unfortunately, I didn't finish it. So I got to go back. Well, I mean, I always, I always have Rebels on or whatever. Basically, that's on every night. That and Resistance, so... Well, that's, that's one of the reasons why I can't wait for Disney+, Plus because everything is going to be in the same place. And it's just going to be really easy to just marathon things, just like go go to Clone Wars and just put on Season 1 and just let it rip. That I can't. That's the thing I can't wait for. Season 1's interesting, too. Like, just from a Star Wars... Like, it tried to be different. Like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like... All the, the shows music in the was first different. season, like they all have to find their sea legs. They're trying to find their 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 niche, their voice. It took it took a while for for the Clone Wars to get rolling, but yeah, it really figured itself out. And I, I love what they did with that show, man. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. Oh, it's still my favorite of the of the three shows. Yeah, yeah. and I don't even uh, know that it's close. Hmm. Rebels is definitely mine, but I mean, it is close. And Clone Wars has not technically ended. But technically, True. neither has Rebels in, from a certain point of view. Oh, Rebels is over. They ended it. That, yeah. that show's over. They epilogued but still, there's, it, man. There's, they have a lot to, of story to tell there. With oh, for sure. The whole, but where's it's, Ezra? It's not going to fall under the Rebels banner, I don't think. No, it's just a continuation of said story, from yeah. like I said. All right, so let, let's, let's go back to San Diego Comic-Con. I want to talk some collecting news with you. Ooh. Yeah, did you, did you catch any of the announcements from that? Yeah, I did. Uh, Some cool stuff coming. Not so much, not so much Star Wars though. Like I really saw more uh, of the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I, I well, watched the panel. SDCC and... was was Marvel's show. That was that was Marvel's event for sure. So oh, I, yeah, I, 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 I would expect that D twenty three would be a little bit more slanted towards Star Wars, but we'll see. Uh, this one, this one, I'm taking credit for Galaxy of Adventures. You know how I I, I was always complaining. Uh, that you know, you know those figures that they put in those cheap plastic tubes. They're okay, yeah. Basically, repacks of of previously existing figures, and they just slap like Galaxy Adventures graphics to it. I'm like, that's no. <laughs> You're just like throwing old figures into a new tube, like with a get, mini comic book. Yeah, with a mini comic, which is cool. I think that's a great idea. Um, 
I used to, like, whenever the official account of Star Wars would, would post a Galaxy of, of Adventures video on their Facebook or whatever, I, I would be like, hey, guys, can we get action figures that look like the animated characters? Of course, they don't answer, but I kept ringing the bell, kept saying it. Guys, come on, give me that. I mean, like, they're so nice, those those renditions. Let's have that in, in plastic form. And they're finally doing it. And I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just I'm just taking the credit for it. So they're, they're going to. Yeah, I remember you kind of comparing them to the uh, Disney Infinity line. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but the, here's the thing is they're going to be five inch art, like highly, highly articulated figures. Which is uh, the scale is going to be a little bit different than we're used to. Which is cool. Which is cool. But, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's just one more like whenever I say I'm going to I'm, I'm going to close ranks with collecting and be a little more focused or a lot more focused. I get this when I'm like, oh, man, like now here's another line I'm going to need to collect. But again, you just you don't need to do the whole thing. Like get yourself, you know, you want a Vader, probably a Leia, a Stormtrooper, Lucon, Chewie. <laughs> that should be good. You think that's you think it stops there? 3PO, R2, maybe Obi-Wan, Yoda. Enfys Nest. Mm. Ray. You know, it's it, you go right down the rabbit hole. And then if, well, if you're going to get those guys, depends, well, like It depends. Like, if you really have your one <clears throat> character that you're really building that shrine or temple to, whatever. No, you you're right. Though, I, one. I'm going to have to try to be more choosy, of course. Uh, but I'm looking forward to those, man. Like, the five-inch scale is something we're going to have to get used to because... Um, I don't know if you listened to the Sandcrawlers podcast last week, but um, they mentioned in the show that five-inch figures are replacing the three-and-three-quarter figures, the, the the five POA. Okay. They are replacing – the five-inch is replacing the classic three-and-three-quarter five POA. For, really? For Rise of Skywalker. That's so odd. Isn't that crazy? That's, it, it's crazy on a couple levels. For one, like we're not getting like, – the three and three quarter figure has been the backbone of Star Wars collecting. God, going back to seventy seven, going back to the early bird special, like the three and three quarter figure is. So the rise of Skywalker is going to have that. Yeah, that's really weird. Like, it's, I, I just think like, it's a like, big like mistake. Like, you said that, like uh, I think so too. Just like take uh, Mike from the Sandcrawlers. Like he's got these huge displays, right? They're not going to fit in. Like with the rest of them, right? No, the like, scale is going to be completely off. That's odd. Like they're still really gonna, odd. They're still going to do so. They were talking. They, they, Mike had mentioned um, a, a tweet from Yakface. He was asked by somebody, and they just straight up replied. Yakface replied, five inch is replacing three point seven five inch five POA for the Rise of Skywalker." And he also agrees. He, in my humble opinion, it's a mistake considering. We had it for TFA, TLJ, Rogue One, and Solo, and I completely agree. I mean, yeah, that's it. If you want to start after, after Rise of Skywalker, do what you want. Start with the Mando. Yeah, even that. Like, just I, I think for the Skywalker saga, they, I think they, they, they goofed, man. I think they, I don't know what brought them to this point, uh, but yeah, I, I guess when we see the sculpts, <laughs> if they look great, it's, it's we'll, so all, all will be like, forgiven. I, I can't believe someone in the marketing room is not like, 
connected to like collectors and just being like pointing out right away like hey collectors display stuff this won't display well with the rest of the other trilogy and the rest of the other two trilogies <laughs> like well, i imagine they did have that talking point aired out but they probably they probably have data that points to sales are, are dipping and everybody knows that sales have have taken a hit over the last couple of years part of it is this is just me with my conjecture aside from hardcore collectors who are are not the backbone of you know their their revenue like what kid needs another kylo ren like he's probably got three already since 2015 is a parent going to go buy him another one probably not so maybe it's not the mask (laughs) this one's got the little red cracks on the mask i need that one so anyway he's like he's like mask no mask Cracked mask. I know what you mean, but a parent might be like, "No, just live with the one you've got." Okay. I can. I can. I I can totally picture our parents saying, "Like, hey, listen, you've got a Luke Skywalker. You don't need another one." But he's got the black robes. Keep the ones in white, okay? Like, stop bothering me. Anyway, they must have some. Some data that suggests the 3.75 inch line has has run its course, and it's it now they need to upgrade now. If we want to call this an upgrade, I think it probably is going to be an upgrade. Hmm. But yeah, this is that's a crazy choice to me, man. I I thought I think they should have like just bit the bullet, stay consistent, and go with three and three quarter inch until after Rise of Skywalker, or like you said, even if you want to go that. Go that route with with Mandalorian or the Clone Wars figures. Go for it with the five inch, but yeah, man, it's going to be weird. But I I think I think we still will be getting vintage collection figures at the three and three quarter scale, which will include uh, Rise of Skywalker figures. So I'm covered. <laughs> <laughs> which which you know, for my purposes, I'll I'll be okay because I I don't know if I was really going to go crazy with. Uh, the five POA line this time around, like I've I've done that pretty much for TFA and TLJ and gotten right down the rabbit hole with them. I'm not sure I was going to do that this time, but if these five inch figures look cool, who's kidding who? I'm going to do it. Uh, so somebody the somebody who works at Hasbro they talked about Zeb Black Series. I saw that. Yeah. And it, no comment. Well, not not just necessarily no comment, but the big deal with Zeb, which the re- the biggest reason why he hasn't been done is just his size. It's hard to get the scale right, which I don't know if I buy. Yeah, come on. Like I know he's he's taller and he's probably thicker as a figure than most others, but you've got Chewbacca. You know what it is? I see right away. Ching dollars. He's an expensive build, guys. Look, is the juice worth the squeeze? Frankly, no. Like we might sell it exclusively for certain people when they go to these conventions eventually. That's what's gonna end up happening. You want to you want to finish your Ghost Crew collection? Convention special, boom. Anyway, they got they got to get a Zeb out there at this point. Uh, they made it. They they announced another Hyper Real Luke coming from May fourth, twenty twenty. So May the fourth next year, we'll see the drop of the second Hyper Real figure, which that's the one that was, I think, hoped for when they talked about the Vader and said, okay, well, what's next? My hope was Bespin Luke, so I can just put those two figures together 
and then walk away from that line because this is not a line I can hang out with at that mm-hmm. price point. So I will do, I will do Vader for sure, and then I will I will pull the trigger on that Luke if I can if if somebody <laughs> if somebody puts uh, yeah if somebody puts a, like an alert in the in a Facebook group say, somewhere saying hey Amazon's got the uh, the Bespin Luke forty nine ninety nine which is what I've I've booked my Vader at. I'll do it. It's done. I feel like if they come up come out with them slowly enough, like maybe every once every three or four months, you'll have paid off the last one, and then you'll be like, the next one will come out and be like, yeah, you know, like uh, it seems like a worthy investment. I'm gonna go for this one too. Well, you're right. Like if if it's if it's two to three figures per year, I might stick with it. If they start, if they go, ooh, this, this one sold well. Let's let's keep adding it. So suddenly, we're up to six figures a year. I'm out. I am completely out. Uh, but yeah, so those those are ava- those. I think they're available now on Hasbro Pulse. Not sure if they've sold out yet, though. You went to Black Series helmets at all? I don't yeah, think definitely. so. I mean, are you? Yeah, well, I have the uh, Stormtrooper helmet. I wanted the Vader one. I, uh, I should have. It was marked down to seventy bucks at one point. Mm-hmm. That's didn't you, pull the you trigger. Needed to, you needed to pull the trigger. Also, Poe Dameron's helmet was forty bucks at one point. I was oh, like, you let yeah. that go? Yeah. No, oh. that was rough, man. Bad call. It was between. Well, it was between that and MP's nest, right? MP's nest was marked down to like forty bucks, down from like a hundred, pretty much. Yeah, but the Poe Dameron, it was. I think the regular, the Black Series helmet's what regular price one forty nine. Yeah, and that's that's the steeper discount. Wow, whatever. <laughs> I they, they were. I thought I'd be able to get one because I saw everywhere on the forums and all that they were like super discounted everywhere. Like that they were kind of readily available, and I didn't really look. I'm sure I could find one still if I really wanted, but I wanted both. Trust me. What about Boba Fett? You gonna pull the trigger on that one? I'd like to. I'd really like to. I didn't get the Vader either, but oh man, it'd be nice to have. Basically, yeah, like a, a shelf of helmets, you know, like a stormtrooper, a Vader, a Boba Fett. Like, dude, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, that'd, get a clone that'd be trooper cool up there. That would be really cool to have. I, I, I still have my eye on the Vader helmet. If I see it discounted again, I'll probably do it. Which means, which means it, that just makes the Boba Fett helmet, which looks fantastic. Uh, it makes it that much more appealing to me. Because yeah, just to have that shelf of of semi-high-end looking helmets yeah you, that you need like a almost like a glass display key like something to keep it the dust off it more or less you know because they'll start looking crappy pretty soon they'll start growing fur and whatnot yeah for sure uh so yeah the the reps from hasbro they did not talk about clone wars figures um nothing about resistance figures but uh, i, I got to imagine there's more coming Actually, they, I, no. They sorry. They said that there were no new resistance figures planned, which to me is a little bit bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bode well for the show. No, but still, like we've we've got we had one wave, pretty small one at that. Well, no, here's but, the thing about that show: like they've never really confirmed how many seasons or whatever the plan was with this show. Like, frankly, but they never they never do that. They never told us Rebels was going four seasons. True. But they just came I, out and I, said, oh, season four, this is our last one. 
I don't I don't see resistance lasting all that long. I see, I see it being a max like a four season show. I'm thinking more two or three seasons. Yeah, I think two. I was oh, sorry, three. I'll say three. If it was two, maybe I think maybe they would have told us already. So I'll I'll say three seasons. But yeah, I mean Niku, Tam, Agent Tyranny, Captain Doza, Griff, and the other aces, like still waiting for figures for those. That'd be nice to have. Hype phase on? Yeah. Come on, tell me you wouldn't get a hype phase on figure. That'd be pretty sweet. For sure. I'd like to say, I'd love for them to do like well just put out like the the, the Tam regular part of the uh, Fireball crew and then make like a, a Tam in first order gear exclusive. That'd be sweet. That'd be well, let's sweet. just just give us the Fireball. Sure. Let's do that too. Anyway, um I think D23 is is about a month from now. And I think New York Comic Con is coming. So both of those events will probably give us a whole bunch of, of Star Wars collecting news to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, I found it. Okay. Slipping here into the abbreviated news segment, which we I, I struggled to call news. But before we get there, I found I was <clears throat> I fell down a rabbit hole this week and I came across an old story from uh, the Disney purchase of Lucasfilm. I, I put this in the Facebook group. Some of you guys already know this. But I, I thought I'd give that piece another read, you know, just to see if if anything new jumped out at me, or if something new struck me as relevant. And of course, like something did get lost over the seven years since since the purchase. Um, and yes, yeah, so check this out. Here's a quote from the piece: Disney expects to more aggressively expand the Star Wars film schedule. Iger said in a statement following the release of Episode Seven in 2015. Quote, our long-term plan is to release a new Star Wars feature film every two to three years, Iger said. Star Wars Episodes 8 and 9, Iger said, would follow, quote, probably on a cadence of every other year, and then go from there. The first film is in early stage development right now. So this jumped right off the screen at me and hit me right between the eyes. Like, somewhere along the way in the past seven years, fandom as a whole, we became fixated on this idea we we were convinced that we were going to get at least maybe even two star wars films per year forever and, i wasn't <laughs> no but a lot you you're out there you see on social media people are talking about at least one a year for, for the rest of our lives some people are going why not let's do two two movies a year like we can do it and like i i don't know that lucasfilm ever gave us that idea in a meaningful way in fact i'm fairly confident they didn't like it, this is, i think it's something that fandom talked itself into and then allow, allowed that to become sort of the accepted uh, understanding of of what we were going to get yeah it's, it's, well like star wars isn't marvel you know what i mean like i really have always been a strong advocate of letting the franchise breathe man for sure i mean as look there's the side of us that goes, just give us all you can give us. We want it. We'll take it. But like you said, like Star Wars is not Marvel in that Star Wars has to develop its own stories from scratch, from the ground up. Marvel's got 80 years of, of stories waiting for them to adapt. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the biggest, the biggest difference. And, but I think 
Star Wars fans are are kind of swept up in this mentality that it's a race with the MCU. And you know, if if they're doing it successfully, then Star Wars can do it too. But like you said, like they're fundamentally different in the way that the stories come about. Yeah, it's apples and oranges. I mean, there's just so much. It's just completely different. You know, maybe they could possibly do that with the next uh, air quotes Skywalker franchise they produce. You know what I mean? Make their next nine movies in a much shorter time frame. But even at that, I, I like that Star Wars takes its time and, you know, it's a slow burn, man. It is. It is <laughs> slower than we'd like, but probably the probably for the for the best. So anyway, so like going back, like Iger gave us the answer right there seven years ago, every two to three years, which is where we're at now. Right. We're once we get finished with Rise of Skywalker, we're waiting until 2022. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. At, le- at least for the theatrical release. That is ex- like where we are is exactly where Iger said we'd be seven years ago. But in the interim, we convinced ourselves otherwise, yeah. especially after Solo kind of fell apart at the box office. And then, of course, like there was this idea well, was, of, I, of going. It was back possibly to- the the two standalones back to back in between the films, right? That everyone was like, "Okay, this is going to be the next uh, thing going forward." Well, yeah, you you do a saga film, and then you you put a, a standalone in between. But somehow, somewhere along the way, again, I think fans said this, all right, here, here, this is the roadmap, saga film, standalone, saga film, standalone, so on, so on. This is how it's going to work forever. But that, that from the beginning was not the way it was planned. It's right there in plain English for, from Bob Iger. So again, like when, when Luke, when Solo kind of underperformed, uh, and then there's like this whole idea of Lucasfilm going back to the drawing board and scrapping all these other plans. Maybe we as fans read this, read the situation all wrong to begin with. Maybe there was no real going back to the drawing board. Yeah, yeah they did say that they were rethinking some things. But I, I don't know that uh, maybe it was quite as dramatic as as maybe we interpreted it at the time. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I mean, I remember this now, how you having hashed it, hashed it up there, like brought it back. They're right on track, man. Like, it's not a surprise to me. I don't think there's, there's any trickery here or anything like that. Or, you know, they, they've had a plan, a business plan, a very strong one at that for a very long time. So it's, right. it's also possible that in 2012, Iger said these things every two to three years, and then as they dropped TFA and it it blew up, and Rogue One did a billion. Maybe they said, "Hey, we're gonna let's ramp it up." Yeah, yeah, that's that's what people kind of that and the like. The failure of Solo is what people are all feeding on, saying like, "Look, it just didn't work for Star Wars. Oh, they're destroying it, and blah blah blah." Like there are reasons behind it, and to be honest, I've kind of have to agree with it being so close to the last jedi had a profound effect on it the the fact that they were like no we have to stick to this date and not push back and 
all the media surrounding that and bringing attention to that, it just it didn't bode well for the film. It 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 was cursed from the get go, more or less. Yeah, maybe in retrospective, there was a lot of troubling signs. But yeah, like anyway. uh, they, I hope they learned a thing or two from it, anyhow. Because anyway, the the takeaway here is where we are today is where Bob Iger said we'd be in 2012. So we need somebody other than me needs to go back and look at all those talking points of the last seven years, specifically the last, I don't know, 12 to 15 months and, and see what exactly did we, did we say as fans? Anyway, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Let's talk more SDCC stuff and specifically our pal, Kevin Smith. So he was at San Diego Comic-Con to kick off promotion of the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I am super stoked about. Did you watch the trailer? Yeah. Red Band trailer? Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty good. Oh, it looks hilarious, man. It looks ridiculous, but I, I'm i not even joking. I will be there opening night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. I, maybe not, but I'm definitely going for sure. Uh, IGN got Kevin Smith talking about um, the rise of Skywalker. And... Yeah, you know, things, of course, got a little bit out of hand. But uh, first of all, here's Kevin's quotes. He said, there was a scuttlebutt about the set at Pinewood. They're like, you got to see this. When you see it, it will melt your mind. So I asked JJ, they keep telling me I should see the set. He's like, don't. It's the last shot of the movie. You don't want this spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens. Trust me. And then Kevin went on to say, as inquisitive as I am and as curious as I am, I desperately wanted to go look. But when you talk to the magician, and the magician is like, trust me on this one. You know, sometimes as human beings, we want to know how they pull the rabbit out of the hat. But JJ is such a a magical magician that I'm just like, you know what? Do it. Trick me. I'll wait and get tricked. Even though I could have seen what it was, I was like, I'll sit back. I like your plan. He's never let me down so far. So, just, you know how I hate clickbait, right? Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just want to... Got to put a little bit of perspective back into this story because, of course, it got a little bit out of control. Not not too badly, but still, like sites with no standards uh, attributed the quote directly to Kevin Smith himself. So there's headlines all ever, everywhere saying Kevin Smith says the last shot of Skywalker will melt your mind. That's incorrect and misleading. Like the like these sites, man. Like if they actually used. Uh, like if they use the same context in their headlines as what's presented in story, like clickbait would be such a lesser problem. But the 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 quote, what the gist of the quote is that, like Smith wanted to see the set, but he was steered away by Abrams, who wanted to preserve that moment for Smith. You know that's the story. You know, like Kevin Kevin didn't say that the last shot's going to melt your mind. He was told that he's relaying that, but it also could be a, a nice way of JJ telling, telling Kevin Smith that no, you, you can't see that. You're not allowed to see that. <laughs> it's just Kevin Smith convincing himself that he was like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I could have went to go see it, but you know, JJ was kind of like, you know, save it. <laughs> but it's really well, just like JJ kind of <laughs> keeping a tight lid on things yeah, and blowing him yeah, off. I suppose like, that's possible, but it's like, like just grabbing him by the shoulders. Like, no, no, let's, let's take a walk this way. 
definitely possible. <laughs> like Kevin Smith but, likes to know, talk too. He, oh, Kevin Smith loves to talk, loves to talk, and I I love him for it. Although you know, if if you're going to invite Kevin Smith, which JJ did, don't invite him when that set is up. It's it's so I, I'm taking Kevin at his word. I think he's I think he's unfailingly honest. Yeah. He's like, this heart attack really paid off, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, th- I think it's important to mention this because people give Kevin Smith a lot of shit. Like, he gets called a, a shill and criticized for liking everything. And, and, you know, I don't know. But imagine being in that position, Corey. You're <sighs> at Pinewood. You're there. Right behind that curtain is the last shot of the Skywalker saga. And and people are telling you it's going to melt your mind. Like, would you have the willpower to to not look? Would you like? Would you be able, be able to resist? I don't know. Like, it depends on what kind of opportunity it is. Like, why I'm there. Like, obviously, at this point, I have friends in high places. Uh, I don't know. Maybe things like this aren't just once in a lifetime. So, but I don't know. I don't want things spoiled either. Like. Uh, you know, when someone like Kevin Smith says, like, let the magician do his magic, right? And don't learn the, the, the true mystery and magic behind the trick. I kind of get that. Like, it, it it says a lot. But uh, I don't know. I, I would definitely have the willpower to be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Cause... Yeah, cause Kevin Smith was also uh, last year he went. And he talked about how he saw, like, a, it was a massive set. Like, he said it was, like, the biggest set he'd ever seen. And he saw somebody give, like, a career-best performance. So it sounds like he saw quite a bit of stuff while he was there. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure, saw a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to look away. Like, I, I don't have a tremendous amount of willpower. <laughs> you know? But, but I, I do have enough of a compass in me to know... To know what's best for me. So if I were in his spot and he told me not to look, like the only way I wouldn't do it was to be like, cool, I won't look, but let's get out of here. Like, I need to get out of here. Like, this is, we, get, we need to leave the building. So <laughs> the longer I'm in this space, like the more likely I'm going to cave in and ruin it for myself. Like, for sure, that's going to happen. So, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah what could it be? It's like, it's like fighting a, a junk food addiction. <laughs> like it, 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 if it's in the house you're going to eat it so just don't buy it in the first place but yeah I don't know what a, what, a, what a position to be in though I don't think that again like it depends like if this is like your one opportunity to ever like if you want a thing you know maybe I actually would go and take a look you know it'd be really cool to be able to get behind the scenes and see what exactly they're doing and Maybe you won't give away everything about the scene, but you'll get to see something cool and speculate even more in your own head. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Oh, you're <laughs> reversing. Go. I'm reversing. because oh, just yeah, I'm taking it from my perspective. Like I kind of just won this thing and I'm meeting everybody for the first time and I'm not hobnobbing with the rich and famous all the time. You know what I mean? So like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and – you know, even though it's the end of the saga, I'm hoping that it won't necessarily spoil too much for me, but I still want my mind blown. Like, I think it, it would just be too cool to, to get behind the scenes if it's just, a uh, again, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. 
Yeah, especially in that regard, right? It's it's definitely a once in a lifetime thing. It's the final episode of the saga, and there, right behind the curtain, you can take a look at the final shot. And it would have been nice if Kevin called him on it. Like, uh, let me I appreciate see what you your mean advice. by mind melting. Let's go. Let me see for myself. I'll be the judge of that. JJ, move aside. Yeah, it's like <laughs> security. Um, uh, security. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but melt melt your mind is sort of a loaded phrase, though, right? My God, is it ever? Like, what does that mean to you? It means a lot, man. It means to me, like when you think about it, like break it down. Like, what is it about a set that can absolutely melt your mind? Being the last scene of a movie, right? What could it be when you think about Star Wars? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's something you know. Yeah, it's got to be. Like, it's got to be something you know or something that is, yeah, like you said, recognizable or I don't know. Like, it's it says a lot, man. Like, it, it builds my expectations, which is fine. But it's kind of also a bit reassuring in the sense that I want something mind bending, you know, like I think JJ's a great guy for that. And that's what I wanted from this from this trilogy, man, or how it, for it to end, you know, like I, I want it to be something deep and different and just uh, really out there, you know, but satisfying is the word they, they want you to use. Yeah, satisfying. <laughs> More than satisfying, though. I mean, I don't want to build my expectations up too much, but I love stuff like that. And well, is, I don't is, know. is melt your mind. For you, is is that a, any different than like heartwarming or tear jerking? Yes, it is right. Melt, yeah, big time. Melt your mind kind of means like something like deep, profound, like something you're just like, oh damn, like. like no, for, like for me, huge. it means. It, for me, it means reframing something. Yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. I love what you just said there. I yes, think, I I think the context, at least what I took out of it, is that whatever's behind that curtain, that, that final shot is going to come on screen, and we're going to go. It's going to be that. It's going to deliver the payload <laughs> in one shot, but like I wonder, like we're still again, we're kind of still waiting for that shock moment in this trilogy. I wonder if it's gonna we're gonna wait right until the last scene for it to bring something around and go oh like just drop something in our lap. And we just ha- have that freak out in the final seconds of the movie. Like, do you think that's possible? Yeah, it could be something about like Ray. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's possible. I don't know if they'll wait that long. I think we'll have a clue as to what's up. And then, you know, it gets reaffirmed maybe. Well, then it, w- it wouldn't really melt your mind at that point, would it? Uh, depends like, how to me, do to it, me, right? To me, like melt your mind is going to be something is something that you don't see coming. Yes, that's true too. Right, like I, I can't see it any any other way than whatever. I hope this it's thing not something. Is. I hope it's not something stupid like a crashed Millennium Falcon. Well, my my but my my mantra now is it's all in the execution. I don't yeah. believe me, I don't want to see a crashed falcon, but if it depends how they execute it, 
Is it in the context of, hey, she's going to live to see another day? That's that's the implication. Or, oh my god, it did crash and everybody's dead. Oh no! That Those are two different things. All right, so let's speculate then. What would melt your mind? I don't know. It's hard to say, man. Like, I, I see... What, what what would melt my mind? Like I I see a lot of talk about uh, possibly a new Jedi temple with statues of Luke and stuff like that. Like a jump uh, like forward in time? Uh, possibly. Or we don't know how the movie's gonna end, right? Like we don't know where we're gonna be at this point. So I just I I just don't know. But like uh, something heavy laden with the Force. Like I'm I'm a big I love that part of the the saga. So anything that can bring that uh, aspect, maybe like an ancient temple with a a discovery of the old force, the way the force was originally, or maybe like a planet that is the force or something, you know, the, the origin of the force, like maybe everything that was and is the force comes absolutely full circle through this, connection between kylo and ray right something that deep (laughs) like i've said even possibly the end of the force in previous pods you know like whatever happens between two these two decides the balance and uh whatever happens going forward that maybe it's just a regular galaxy and there is no more binder (laughs) you know wow well yeah i mean again no idea. Something with resonating finality, though. Something, you know. Well, melt your mind for me. Like like I said before, like, to me, it's it's going to be familiar. It's, it's, it's I, I got to imagine when they cut to that final shot of the, of the movie, it's going to be something or someone that we already know. And that, yeah. that, that screams OT to me. It's got to be Ray. It's got to be Ray doing something. Well, it's it's Ray somewhere is is what's in my mind. Yeah, something like that. Like I'm thinking like almost even like Mortis level stuff here, you know what I mean? I don't I I I kind of don't. I I think Star Wars it's I think this sequel trilogy in particular has been so intimate and it, especially with the last Jedi just being so zoned in on Ray and Kylo, like to the expense of like world building and, and galaxy building. Well, that's what I mean though. Their connection between the yin and the yang, the balance, the push and pull, you know, like those two are like the, the, the big key players and whatever happens between those two, I feel is going to change things forever. It's like, my thing, it's, my the, thing was... it's the last battle of the force kind of, if you will, you know? Yeah, no, I, I know where you're coming from. Uh, I, I see Star Wars. I keep hearing Carrie Fisher from The Last Jedi and those behind-the-scenes things saying Star Wars is about family. And it, the last shot is going to be about the Skywalkers to me. And uh, I, I read Once Upon a Time. I don't. Know if, I can't remember if it was from MSW or not. This could, I, this could possibly fall into spoiler territory, so be warned. If you, if you don't want to hear the next thing I'm about to say, skip forward. But I did read from a reputable source once upon a time, and I I, I want to say it was MSW because they're really the only place I go to for for spoilers. Uh, but apparently, 
what they heard is that the Lars homestead was built on set at Pinewood and and it will be in episode nine. Hmm. So that be like, <laughs> is that like a flash flashback or is that like, if it's the real deal, like either way, if it is built, we're going back to Tatooine, which is relevant. Well, in, now in my head with what Kevin said and knowing that old spoiler report, <gasps> I'm 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 thinking final shot final scene of the movie is gonna just be this quiet little scene on Tatooine at at the Lars homestead. That'd be pretty sweet with like Ray. Please tell me it's not Ray and Kylo living there together. Oh god! Again, execution execution matters. <laughs> but just, right now today, the thought of that makes me want to puke a little bit. But uh, the way they do it will ultimately decide if if. I stand up and cheer or go fetal position on the floor amongst all the sticky candy and soda on the floor in the theater and gum and gum. Yeah. That's to me, that's like Ray's going to be there for sure. Um, Imagine Kylo and Ray in like those white robes, like Luke's robes, you know, just staring off onto the binary sunset and him putting his arm around her, squeezing her close and, you are you're going right where my head went to which is kind of i think that's an that's an easy reach i think once you once you once you say lars homestead it doesn't take you giant leaps to get to where we, we you and i just landed in the same spot we've not talked we haven't talked about this um but may, maybe they also just sitting back remember that time you almost sliced my face off <laughs> And then I my love star you, movie. man. That was so. That was. Yeah, you almost got me. It's like it's kind of cooler now, eh? That it's not going across my nose. Yeah, I, see, I the, fixed the, that. The scar goes across my eye now. It makes me look badass, like my my grandfather. Yeah, Snoke was kind of cool like that. He helped me out there. <laughs> he bridged our minds and moved my scar. <laughs> but imagine, okay, imagine like the other idea I have in my head is that Ray, like we've we've learned the lineage of the Skywalker family. And Ray brings like, like, or, or puts like a little headstone or marker, a grave next to Shmi's grave, right? So that you have, at the end of Episode Nine, you get like this literal book ending of of figures from the Skywalker saga. You've got Shmi, who is the oldest Skywalker that we know, and then uh, like a little headstone for 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 Ben Solo. And which mm-hmm. so you have like visual, literal bookends of the saga there on the on the Lars homestead. Yeah, you put one up for Luke, Leia, yeah, even Han. You could do all that. You could definitely do all of that, and that that would be kind of mind melting. I think a little bit. Yeah, I mean that would be something if you visually when you walked onto set. And you see the gravestones of said characters, that would be something that would melt your mind. You know, looking at a set, it's not like the actors are there performing the scene again. So what is it that you walk onto a set and you're like, oh, what is that? That's why people are like saying, oh, maybe a big giant statue of Luke or uh, it's got to be, like you said, something recognizable that possibly reframes things, which is interesting. But again, like the scenario that I just described is more of the emotional tearjerker heartwarming type than the what that my mind is melting this is like 
salty discharge from my eyes type stuff. What if it's both, man? What if it's something that's so beautiful and so fitting, you know what I mean? That it could be both. Yeah, we can only hope. I mean, can you think of any other planets from across the the nine movies that that could fit into the final scene of nine? Like to me, it's it's Tatooine or bust. But I'm open to yeah, being wrong because I don't I don't want to get locked into that. I mean, it makes I've always said Tatooine's had a big part to do with this entire saga. It'd be nice to revisit it at one point during this trilogy. Uh, I just feel like there's been a lot of like uh, ebb and flow there. Like there's something going on, you know. But so maybe Jakku, maybe you know the books have kind of indicated some stuff there. The only other thing yeah, I really think of Jakku is there's more to than meets the eye, and maybe Endor. Just but again, like going back. Sorry, going back to Jakku doesn't melt our minds. You never know. Well, depending maybe on what else is on the set. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's temples or something, you know, on Jakku that she's always meant to find or something. You never know. But is is any of that stuff deep rooted enough within us as fans for us for our minds to melt? Well, again, this is Kevin Smith. Well, no, it's the it's the casting crew saying this to him. Well, it's like staff and the on, director. It's it's JJ, but it's also like the employees, the actual people working on set. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that would really blow my mind if that was the last scene, like you said, would be uh, uh, what you call it? The Lars Homestead. Like, that would be pretty crazy. Like and You've got, from, from the OT, you've got Yavin 4, which Luke planted the force tree there, but nobody knows that except people who read comics. And even at that, like, think about <clears throat> Endor and Return of the Jedi. Like, the end scene, or the, the forest moon of Endor, excuse me. I'm, glad you, know, you, I'm like, glad you corrected yourself. Yeah, a lot of people are confused that, man. It's not Endor. It's the forest moon. But either way. um, Like, if you see that, like, granted, a lot of it was painted and whatnot. Like, the backgrounds. But the set must have been pretty big. Like, what are you going to think when you see that? Even the scaffolding for, for Luke and Vader's battle in Empire. Okay, you see that with no clue as to what the story is. You're just kind of like, okay, maybe someone jumps off. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds, from what Kevin said, it, just, it sounded like what he was told is that just the set itself will melt your mind. Like, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be, like, CG added later. No mention of whether or not the people who are supposed to be in the scene, or if there are people in the scene, were there or not. It's just that he just said the set. I hope it's like the essence of the force, man. Like Ray is like Ray is the force. Like becomes one with the force. And I don't know. There's something crazy, man. I might. I'm. I'm trying not to let my 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 prevailing OT dominance since that's the era that i come from i'm looking at as you know jj and chris terrio as the guys creating the script that's where they come from too like jj is is a huge ot guy he i don't think he was super huge on the prequels i get that prevailing sense out of him that that's 
that's not his wheelhouse when it comes to Star Wars. So I think it's he's very, very live. I've got that uh, impression, especially this film in particular with the filming on set and that and just saying that it just adds this whole other degree of not only film quality or like picture, but it just it changes the tone of the set when you're dealing with the elements, you know, like yeah. it changes the vibe. Yep. Well, in, in TFA, right, they, they bang that drum, real sets, practical effects. Like that, that was one of the talking points of this movie over and over. But there was still plenty of CG. Oh, absolutely. There's probably more CG in, in the sequels than in, in the prequels. <laughs> Maybe not in full-blown like sets and all that stuff, but there's, they, they're, get, they're getting lots of help. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm still. I'd like to see things come full circle. Uh, long story short, maybe like the the first Skywalker temple when we finally figure out what the Force was actually really meant to be, from like an ancient perspective. Like, like we've kind of seen things from the past. I hope things kind of come together in that line, saying like, okay, this is where the Force kind of went wrong, and Rafe seems to have it right. You know, she's neither. Uh, like she's uh, she's great, she's good, but she seems to make her own independent choices. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's not bound by any uh, dogmatic rules. At least not yet. But I mean, she did read the books. Who knows what's in those books? But she, she plays by her own rules, and that's the third lesson that Luke taught her, right? Like that's where the well, Jedi the third, went wrong. The third lesson only came in the novelization. Correct, but it also was in a deleted scene. Correct. So, I don't know. I just think it was, you know, important to say, like, hey, you know, you're Ray. Like, what you're doing, what you're feeling is that's the way things are supposed to be. Like, the way you reacted there. Like, you reacted because that's what, you, you know, your instincts told you to do. You reacted like a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, but I do think, you know, when you look at the end of, of Revenge of the Sith and you look at the end of Jedi, they're not at all heavy on exposition. Like, they're not explaining things anymore. So if, they're, if you know, if, if once Episode Nine comes to a close or is drawing to a close, I can imagine a lot of scenes, very wordless scenes, with, like, music carrying you through and, and, and emotion carrying you through. I don't know if there's going to be time for them to be like, and now we arrive at the site of the blah, blah, blah. And we're all going to go, oh, I just think it's it, like JJ's going to kind of just let the emotion carry us, carry us over the finish line. Yeah, kind of. That makes sense. Most so, Star Wars films, for the most part, ended like that, you know? Yeah. So I, that's that's kind of why I, I my brain just keeps going back to, to Tatooine. I can't help myself. But looking across, like, could it be Naboo? I think of all the other planets, it that I think that one's next up on the list for me. It's possible. Like I don't know. Where do you want to see Ray end? Right? Do you want to see her end like as a governing person within the galaxy, or like the galaxy's police watchman, or you know what I mean? Like is is she the one to really? I don't know. Like rule almost as an emperor. No, I don't no, think I don't so. Think, I don't think that's going to be the takeaway. I don't think so either. No, politics is not race thing. I don't think. 
Yes, it's tough to say. I mean, it's Coruscant. Can we end up back on Coruscant? That's that is also possible. The outer outer region or the unknown regions. Again, but just stick, sticking to places that we know as, as sort of that final shot that's going to melt our brains. Like to me, that that's almost a lock that it means we already know this place. And that's why it's going to melt our brains because it's going to hit us right between the eyes. It's going to. What if it? What if it's Dagobah? Ooh, shit! I didn't even think of Dagobah. Yeah, poor Ray. Maybe she's happy there. It's like this is awesome compared to Jakku. You wanted water? Here you go. Yeah, I got all kinds of friends, animals everywhere. Ooh, Dagobah's a. Yeah, what's there though? Really. Nothing you'd have to wonder why she's there. <clears throat> It'd be like either it's a force laden planet or she's in seclusion. Yeah, it's not it's not Dagobah. It's not Dagobah. It had me there for a second though. Uh it's That's not gonna be cut. Bespin. No, it's not Hoth. Definitely not Hoth. Takodana, possibly. Maybe I kinda of written that down just because maybe Maz has a lot more to do with this story whereas you know like she's kind of been hovering around in the background kind of like that person guiding someone slowly along the way but letting them take their own path and maybe like when ray reaches the end like maz is kind of there like i knew you could do it like already already at that level kind of you know what if because maz's castle was an old jedi temple i think yeah exactly so like maybe there's going more going on around there maybe she's I, maybe she decides like this is where we're going to set up shop because ray seemed to have a fondness for takodana with i've never seen so much green in the whole galaxy yep maybe that's where she ends up being happy but i mean tattooing works well for me too but in a big big way but i also feel like ray deserves more than that than just more being able to harvest moisture out of the air you know what i mean like i'd like to see her in a, well, a light filled environment doesn't like, necessarily mean she's staying there it could just be that she's you know she's making bearing, whole, oh, making whole the skywalker ashes. family right oh spreading ashes at the uh, lars homestead well yeah i mean it's sort of the whole thing like like spreading ashes making that making that family whole Bringing them all together, even in death. There's nothing to say that she has to stay there. She could. We could see her just leave again. And, True. And blast off to light speed and iris out. You or know? again, we could see them cuddling on the horizon in the sunset. It's it's hard to imagine. I mean, ending episode nine with the binary suns. That has got to be the odds-on favorite for how to end the movie. Oh, oh, I almost swore there. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. I, but I don't know if I'll be disappointed in that or not. Because I don't want the thing that I'm dreaming up, you know? Hey, man. Just because you dreamed it up doesn't mean it's wrong. Like, to have something so incredibly fitting with Ray just, like, staring off into the sunset like that with her having... It depends what happens previously. If you're unsatisfied with that, then maybe it's not that great, but... But Joseph, you have to be careful with a thing with a thing like that, right? Because it's used obviously to great effect in A New Hope. It's it's absolutely iconic. 
But they, they do it again in The Last Jedi with Luke, which is fitting. It brings Luke right around full circle. But they they kind of... I like the shot in Revenge of the Sith. But I also thought it was kind of really corny, which, whatever, fine. Revenge of the Sith is, is a corny movie through and through. And I love it. But yeah, they, they went back to Twin Suns there. Uh, and I think that's... Did they use it in... Attack of the Clones while they spent time on on Tatooine? Well, you definitely see them, I think, when he's riding on his bike to kill the Sand People. Yeah, you're probably right. But you, I think you got to be careful laying it on too thick with that. There's a, there's a power to that moment with that music. That you don't want to put it on too thick. Otherwise, you start, I think you start to dilute what makes it special i don't know this being the last film there's no other chance and i i, I don't know no, i don't think right. it diluted right. it all that much like i think it just just it's just the right amount you know we've had like you said the luke at the beginning but that's the hopeful vision of him out on the horizon looking out onwards you know mm-hmm. and this at the end i just like bookends, like like you said, I think that would be. I mean, it, it it can be perfectly fitting, absolutely perfectly fitting. But it is is it predictable? I guess long term, you don't you wouldn't think of it that way. You just say no, this this fits, and just sort of that that short term moment of of damn it, I wanted I wanted that shock moment right now. I I never heard that before this. I never heard anyone talking about you know her being on Tatooine. Like with um the the graves of several characters. Oh, I'm I'm making that part up. That's that's all me. The part with the with the headstones and and that's me. <laughs> but but the part of that homestead potentially being there. That's not me. Anyway, uh, let us know out there, you guys. What would melt your mind? I would love to know. Well, like what what does it mean to you? What's your speculations on what the final shot could be? Let it's got to be physical, you know. It's not something you can add afterward. Like, ah, it's it's, it's pretty. It was pretty hard to think about, and yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got uh, like a hundred and forty-ish days to to think about that. All right, let's uh, bring the show around here with a question this week from Matt Salvatore. So he says, "It's been ages since I sent one over." I really enjoyed the discussion on the Falcon's ability to travel underwater. Great points raised on both sides. I had a quick question about Finn. In TFA, Finn says that he knows his way around Starkiller Base because he worked in sanitation. And in The Last Jedi, Finn says he knows his way around Snoke's ship slash Star Destroyer because he he would mop the floor. So did Finn work on Starkiller Base and Snoke's command ship? Or are all First Order ships and bases structured the same way? So if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Though I would imagine Snoke's ship would be one of a kind. Anyway, just a fun little question I had on my latest sequel watch. Thanks all. As always, love the show. Cheers. Matt, thank you very much. Great job with your Lego as usual, sir. Uh, Corey, what do you think, man? Yeah, what's going on, Matt? Um, To me, yeah, it's perfectly, definitely... It's believable because uh, I've read a few things about Finn in comics and literature... I read the um, Before the Awakening recently. Yep. 
and also the Finn Age of Resistance comic, mm-hmm. which they both kind of bring up uh, points in the sense that, you know, he's kind of always getting the button of the stick, even though he's in the top one percentile of First Order. Like Phasma straight up loves and adores Finn. Like he stands out leaps and bounds above every other stormtrooper but there's certain things that hold him back because he's got a bit of humanity in him and you know phasma sees that and she hates it and also in the age of resistance comic like he steps up to the plate he saves his commanding officer but kind of embarrasses him and because of that he gets transferred to another department but you get the impression that these guys not only did they do a lot of physical training, but they study intensively. So, okay. Like he says that he was there. He's been there. Yeah. I mean, he he says, he says like Matt, Matt mentioned it. He, he worked on star killer in sanitation and he mopped Snoke's floors, right? Like, well, he's been around, like, think about it. Like there's probably a rotation or something like that. Like, to the first order you got to get a taste of every piece of equipment and again him being so quick to learn and uh just such a go-getter he probably had more opportunities than others to move around but at the same time sometimes he'd get the button in the stick in sanitation just because people were jealous of him and things like that but he's again he's been there since birth so i would think that again he's been sent around to the different big stations probably every first order trooper would probably almost get a here's the the supremacy like a tour of duty on the supremacy yeah you gotta know your ins and outs and like again he was a super smart guy so and we even see in the age of resistance comic he gets transferred to like another division because yeah he does too well basically like like here like we got we got to take care of you kid like put you in the even like deeper closet yeah but it's, it's i mean the simple answer is i mean it's a, it's a very it's a very star wars answer like it it is what it needs to be for the story so finn worked star killer finn worked on the supremacy so he knows them both inside out that's that like that's the cut that's the answer that that's all you need right yeah it makes sense to me like i don't know he's how old in the story 23 or so that's it he's been there his whole life but if you want if you want to do the star wars fan thing <laughs> which I, I you know i often advise not to do because all it does i mean you, you can have a, a fun conversation about it or you can end up poking holes in things and breaking things including your own enjoyment so but it, it is kind of weird that troopers like finn uh, they they seemingly know every square inch of every place they work in like it's I feel like in a Nazi kind of regime, though, that would be like mandatory. Like, there's a test today, pop quiz, ins and outs of the supremacy. Go, you know, like no. But think of it this way, Corey. Like, imagine, imagine the island of Montreal, as big as it is, is the supremacy. And so you work. This is, I'm going to lose people here, but you work in the West End in Saint Anne de Bellevue, right? Like that's sort of your area. That's that's a, that's a, if if you had to like work sanitation for that region, like that's enough. But yet, if I said, you know, um, 
you you got to go mop Snoke's boudoir. And that could be in a complete, like, right across the island. But in, but in Star Wars, the way it works is, okay, and you just go. And you you know exactly how to get there. You know, you know th- these guys know every square inch of, of the places they work in. Like. Yeah, space and time, they have no relevancy. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Like. There's there's no we don't need to look one inch Was deeper. Was it the speed of story? Speed of it's speed of plot. Yeah, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like it's it like in a New Hope, right? Like they land, they get sucked in by tractor beam, and everything that they need to do on the Death Star is within walking distance. Like we're talking about 120 kilometers, 80 miles. <laughs> And everything we, we talked about this in the past. Yeah, though. you we just didn't, didn't see them the take kind of the, the subway system. No, they didn't, there was no subway system. They just everything was like, oh, it's right. It's like two blocks oh, sorry. away. It's a, in a building like that, it's called a concourse. <laughs> exactly, but it, it, <laughs> obviously, like it's. I think it's in the movie. It's just like you just go, and it's oh yeah, me turning off the uh, the tractor beam. Yeah, yeah, I'll be ten minutes. I like guess it's, it's down the street. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way star wars is like in the real world you'd have been like oh god we're on the wrong side of the moon how do we get there and so you have to, oh we've got to get a shuttle and you got to fly this this imperial shuttle to the other side of the moon now like that's how it would really work out if, if this was actually happening but yeah speed of plot so everything's going to happen the way it- oh, they're, they're definitely big 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 facilities which is a lot to know but again, I just think the the fact that academically and physically Finn was at the pinnacle of his game, like I think uh, I think it would be first order man- mandatory, you know, to 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 know these type of things. Like just have the ins and outs more or less memorized. Like I yeah, feel like they sure. like had that... a, a very high standard for things like that. For sure, like I'm sure they probably had classes like. There was a class like the the internal design of first order star destroyers, and you needed to know all the decks and where the engine room was and all that stuff before you even get on board. That would you know that wouldn't shock me if at some point a comic goes down to that level. In the movies, they never will. There's absolutely no need for that in the movies. And and again, I think another big point to bring up is the fact that he's roughly in his early 20s and he's from his earliest memories been a part of the first order so Mm -hmm. like there's a lot going on there yep maybe even possibly saw it getting built at one point you know asked all kinds of quick questions imagine a kid being able to see that thing being built they'd be like oh like just so totally enthralled yeah for sure maybe it's kind of like walmart right they're, they're often they're they're very very similar in layout. Like for me, like the most most of the WalMarts I go to, I walk through the doors, and I head to the left rear of the building. That's whether I I've been in that Walmart before or not. Like I don't look up to see yeah, where the, exactly. Where, I don't look up at the markers to say where's the toy section. I just go back into the left, back yeah. into the left. <laughs> no, you gotta walk in, walk in straight, take a left, right to the end, take a right. Yeah, that's that's and that's what I do, and it doesn't always work out. There's there's a Walmart where it's 
you go, you walk in and you turn right and you go all the way to the end on the right. That's what oh. the toys are. It's a very weird sensation. It's it's very disorienting. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like that one. <laughs> I avoid it. But yeah, no, it's it's that for, for sure. It's that kind of thing with with starter stories. They're all they're all they're all they're cookie cutter. So if you if you serve on one, you'll understand ninety nine point eight percent of 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 another one. But the supremacy is definitely a one off. And uh, I can definitely imagine that that is the type of thing that you you know you're going to serve on Snoke's ship, so you you will, as a first order recruit, you will do everything you have to do to know every every square inch of that place. Yeah, and again, he he was a smart cookie. That's why I love the fact that after having read the, because to be honest, in the films, Finn kind of looks like a reject and a goof. He's a goof, but that's for sure. True, but at the same time, in the books, like they put him in this perspective where he's he has the potential to be the absolute best of the best, you know. Which, oh yeah, he's got he has the potential, but there's there's this. It's humanity. It's yeah, it's the humanity in him that refuses to let him become a, a total automaton. Yeah, and like, you know, letting go of friends and soldiers. Yeah. He's the only I mean, we, we see him sort of have that breakdown on the battlefield at, at uh on Jakku, right? It's almost like yeah. he goes into like this PS PTSD mode. Yeah, big time. <clears throat> That's how it was having my I think I might have had a heart attack, I'm not sure, but <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, I, I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Thank you, though, sir. Glad to hear from you. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, don't be a stranger. Anybody, any of you guys want to send us a question? Um, yeah, we want to at least get one question in a week. So don't be shy. Send them in to us. We will, if we don't do them that particular week, we will save them for another show. But get them in. Definitely get your questions in. We got lots of time with this, you know, this summer black hole of news. We have lots of time for questions. So do that. Send them in to us. Tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Anything Rebels related to. <laughs> Bring that on. That's when me and Carlos will go take a break. We'll let Corey just go on an eight minute eight minute soliloquy. Yeah, I would I would do that too. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you wanted to help us out, uh, you can share this podcast with your friends. Let us know how we did. You know, leave us a review as uh, as the rural farm boy did. We got a review, Corey. Really? Uh, yeah, I love that guy. A five star review from the rural farm boy. He gave us. Serious Star Star Wars serious and silliness equals Star Wars fun. Five stars. Uh, Kyle, Corey, Carlos, and Michelle. Nowadays with Miss Marie Wilson join their squad. When it's just Kyle, Carlos, and Corey talking serious Star Wars talk, count on many derailed conversations in midst of so much fun and laughs. This is Star Wars. This is recommended listening by me, the rural farm boy. So thank you so 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 much for that. I've he's this guy's getting around. Yeah, on, seriously, on man, that's high circuit. praise. Yep. Good job. Like he's he's becoming one of those people that we need more of in Star Wars fandom. Yeah, Just positivity, man. Positive. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for that, Mister Rural Farm Boy. All right, let's uh, let's give a shout out here to Mister Rob Wade 
for endorsing this episode and all episodes of the Tumbling Saber podcast on e14.com as part of the or emotionally14.com as part of the e14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. Really proud to be a part of that group, really select group of podcasts, and they're all really, really cool. So check that out at emotionally14.com. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. You can find our home base at starwarscommonwealth.com or look us up on iTunes as a podcast provider. We've got eight shows and uh, everybody is, is doing great work and it's well worth your time. So go check that out today. All right, Corey, so uh, that's it. We're done for this week, man. Where can people find you out there on social media? Well, guys, everybody can hit us up in our closed Facebook group. There's a lot of cool cats in there shooting out a lot of cool jokes and material and insight and just a really bunch of positive people. So I highly suggest getting on that. And on Twitter, love the Twitter machine, hit me up at Chop rules with the z you know yeah that'd be really nice come on i'm reaching the thousand follower marker and i'm i'm astounded by that yeah just astounded you i remember you don't tweet how do you keep getting adding followers you don't do anything ah it's kind of (laughs) odd yeah you know what i'm gonna do i think i swear to god 2020 is gonna be the year where i'm gonna tweet a tweet a day whoa tweet a day whoa i don't know don't overdo it Corey. I'm Don't very selective of my tweets. I really pick and choose what I do and say because I want it to be so cool. And <laughs> I just overthink things so much sometimes when it comes to social media. And well, I shouldn't. Just do what you do in real life, man. Word salad, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. And uh, yeah, I you actually find Carlos at CKNudo Music on Twitter. And you can... Uh, oh, it's the CNC Music Factory, you fool. You do it then. Go. Yeah. Find Carlos at the cncmusicfactory.com. And, uh, yeah. By the way, he killed a guy. Yeah. Love triangle. <laughs> no, you can find Carlos in our, in our closed group. You can find him on Patreon. Go support Carlos. Go check out his work. And, uh, that's about it. You can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as in the aforementioned Facebook group. And uh, that's going to do it, guys. Episode 185 is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know how we did. Uh, Until episode 186, everybody. Have a great week. Take care of yourselves. And may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer To your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting Don't leave my heart broken
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really this dream Over And over